0: Oh my goodness, so thankful to be in the house of the Lord and able to worship with each and every one of you. I know, again, it's not a really large crowd, but as I was um, listening back through messages over the last couple weeks, it doesn't take very many for the Lord to do what he needs to do, and as Brother Mike said, it might be better easier to get the touch that we need when there is just a few of us. I remember when I got the Holy Ghost, there was just a few there um, at the end of the service, basically, and there was probably two or three people left. The lights were turned out, and yeah, it was <laughs> little bitty home missions church, so there weren't very many lights to turn out, but anyway, well... Um, Let's pray before we get into this, and then I, um, I just want the Lord to have his will in his way. Lord Jesus, thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to be in your house, Lord, to hear and receive your words. Lord, help me to not get in the way of this message that you have laid out for tonight's service, and I give you glory and honor and praise in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You may be seated. So in looking back at um, services that we've had since uh, Pastor and Sister Glover have been on this great vacation that God allowed them to take, um, uh, we're looking at topics, and before Pastor left, he introduced us to our topic for the year, that we're looking for open doors We are seeking for open doors, and maybe we have one right in front of us, and maybe we haven't seen the open door yet. There could be more than one open door for us, but I know that the open door that we all need to be looking for is the one that's going to take us to heaven. That is the open door that we all need to work toward Every moment of every day. You say it takes that much? Yeah, sometimes it does. Yeah, every moment of every day. (laughs) Because we all have that opportunity to to change our minds. To be affected by a circumstance that would make us just throw our hands in the air and say, that's it, I'm done. Hopefully that wouldn't ever happen to any of us. Or anyone that we know. But if we're honest with ourselves, we have seen it happen to many, many people that we know. And by God's grace, those those folks will um, make it back in, but we just don't know. But so Sister Denny, standing tall on his knees, talking about Daniel and how the steadfastness of that prophet that stood in the face of things that I can't imagine. I, you know, I, I've I've been to a few zoos and seen a few lions, and no, I, I I don't. I you would have to work really hard to get me to the mouth of that lion's den. Just saying. I, I would think that it would take a lot to get there. Um, but it was his steadfastness that made him great. So standing tall on his knees. And then Brother Mitch in that same day that he prepared it psalm 23 that he prepared a table not where we would want a table who wants to eat in the midst of your enemies i don't think i'd feel like eating no No, you you get in a dangerous situation and and your stomach knots up and and who feels like eating I, 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 Anyway, Brother Mitch knocked it out of the park. Brother Levi, Thursday after that, prepared for the promise. And we need to be prepared for that promise. But every promise that God has in this book takes preparation for. It doesn't come automatically. And there are almost always... I'm going to clarify that with just almost always, but maybe it is always there are stipulations to the promises of God, things that we need to do that need to be present in our lives. And then, Brother Mitch, on this past Sunday, God saved the queen, that book that doesn't mention God directly was all about what God was doing for his people. And it was God that saved the queen. It really didn't have much to do with that scepter going out. Absolutely. God did it. God made it happen. And Brother Mike, when I looked it up, the title they have on the message wasn't what I got out of that message. I heard you say, arise again and eat. And you touched my heart because I I think I'm right there with you. Just tired. Worn out. Tired. But God wants us right now to arise again and eat because we don't know what's coming right around the corner. You can, you can read the book, and, and some of it's pretty plain, and some of it's pretty mysterious. And you might say, well, this is right where we are, and I know that there are many prophecy teachers that are, are very adept at being able to lay it all out there But in reality, only he knows. Only he knows when that is going to happen. And then if you were here Tuesday, Brother Mitch talked about that our faith needs to be healed. That if we're not careful, our faith can become broken. Doesn't mean we don't have any, but it's not what it was. It's not what it needs to be, and we need to spend time with Him to heal our faith. And so, mm, I don't know when the Lord laid this topic on my heart, but as I saw this progression of messages i knew that this was the message for for my time in front of you tonight and i want to talk about touching with purpose touching with purpose Um, we have all read many times the story of the woman with the issue of blood 12 years It's a long time. It's a long time to be sick and be told over and over and over again we've done everything we can for you. We have no idea what to do for you. And in verse uh, Mark chapter 5, and it's actually in Matthew 9 and in Luke 8 if you wanted to read all of them, but we're going to, I would like to use Mark chapter 5, and the verse, the main verse here, is in verse 28, for she said, if I may touch, but his clothes, I shall be whole. If I can just touch, touch him, not him even, just his clothes, then I'm going to be made whole. Now, I I did a lot of reading um, about this, and and we'll get into it again more, but I, I just couldn't get where the commentaries that I was reading We're coming from because they kept saying over and over and over that her faith was not good enough. And it's like, now come on, I don't read that here. (laughs) I don't read that here. She had faith. As a matter of fact, she didn't even want his attention. She did everything she could do to avoid his attention find a crowd maybe crawl on her knees to reach out and touch him and so let's look back at verse 25 and a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians And had spent all that she had. She couldn't do anything else. And was nothing bettered. But rather grew worse. Circumstances can make us feel that way. It might not be, obviously, what this woman was dealing with but our circumstances can make us feel just like this. Try everywhere to get it fixed. Spend everything we have, maybe not even talking about money, (laughs) but spending our time, our efforts Leaning on friends. Just, just whomever, whatever circumstance, doing everything possible to fix it. And we're doing nothing but growing worse. And verse 27, and when she heard of Jesus, when she... Had heard of Jesus came in the press behind, not with insight. Not like Zacchaeus, who, who was ahead of the game and was proactive and he climbed up in that tree so that he could be seen. No, she came from behind. I don't want anybody to see me. I don't want anybody to know that I'm here. There may be a lot of reasons for that. I mean, in the Old Testament, if there was blood involved and sickness involved in a circumstance like that, anybody they were around was unclean. Almost as bad as leprosy. So she didn't want to be seen. But she purposed in her heart that if I can just touch him, touch his clothes, I shall be made whole. And straightway after the touch. Straightway, that that's... That's right away. That, that's just right then. Not go home and, and, and a week later it's better. That was right then. The fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body. She felt that she was healed of that plague. And then, and Jesus, verse 30. He immediately, knowing in himself, now they both, just in that moment, they both know that virtue had gone out of him, turned him around in the press and said, who touched my clothes? Now, Unless you're really tugging hard. Can you feel somebody touch your clothes? No. Yeah. Yeah, right there. I saw it. I was watching. No, we can't feel now I, I when my kids were little walking around with four of them anywhere. I was holding on to the little one's hands, one in each hand, and the bigger two, who still weren't big enough to be good enough. I made them hang on to my pocket So I had one of the boys over here and one of the bigger boys over here and one boy and one girl in hand and I was just walking on down the aisles of the store. And I could tell when one of those guys let go. Because they were they were constantly pulling. But that's not the kind of pull that happened there. It was just, just going to touch. I looked that word up, touch. I mean, we think, yeah, pretty much it means what we think it does, but I wanted to clarify. It says to put the hand or finger, etc, on or into contact with something. And then a couple definitions down. It is to give a slight tap, or pat on the hand, finger, etc. Or, if you want to get really far out there with a touch, it is a strike or hit gently or lightly. Now, that is not everything into it. And God has put things in our lives that he just wants us to touch. Just to touch. Not to barge in. Now, I know that we are to go boldly into the throne. Into the holiest of holies and get our requests heard before him. And there is a time and a place for that charge into a situation. But more times than that is a touch, is all it takes. How many of us in the years that we have been in the church have heard that Jesus is described as a gentleman. I've heard it ever since I was in the church. God just, just is a gentleman. And a gentleman doesn't barge into anything. Now, I, I'm not just really adept at a gentlemanly um manners or that but I've read a few books done you know I always uh, I were, I remember um, helping um, he- always helping my mom with doors and open the door of the car for her and 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 I would just always say I'm just just being gentlemanly here mom it's okay I know you can open the door yourself but I'm going to do this for you because I want to that's the way I want to be. And that that's what I want to do in this situation. Um, but God approaches us when he is wooing us and when he is meeting our needs in a gentlemanly fashion. In Revelation it says that he stands at the door and knocks. Not like some SWAT team coming in and breaking their shoulder on a door or have the battering ram that two guys are swinging and and it you know there goes the door that isn't how God works now again I know that there are situations and and all of us could go, especially Old Testament, and then if you get way into Revelation, there's a very different approach. But right now in this time, God acts like a gentleman. And he touched. And many others touched him. And I looked at this And I thought, well, how how widespread was it to just touch him? Well, if you look at Matthew 14, um, 34 through 36, and it says, and when they were gone over, they came into the land of Gennesaret, and when the men of that place had knowledge of him, they set out into all the country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased and besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched, just touched him, that the hem of his garment, as many as touched him, were made perfectly whole. And Mark 3 and 10, for he had healed many, insomuch that they pressed upon him for to touch him. As many as had plagues. Luke 6 and 19, and the whole multitude, now that's a lot. The whole multitude sought to touch him, for there went virtue out of him and healed them all. That's a lot of people. And then in the book of Acts, you can read about that just the shadow of Peter. There isn't even any touching involved except for in our vernacular today, it would be a virtual touch. They laid them all on one side of the street at a certain time of the day because of the way the sun was shining right then. just the shadow of Peter would touch them. And they were healed. And so, this touch that God wants us to have is a gentle, not barging in against people and against situations, except in the throne room. The throne room is where we go boldly, but in the presence of Of those around us, God wants us to touch. And he wants to touch things in our lives. Not barging into the middle of the situation. Not pushing himself in to us. But he wants to touch and be touched lightly. And our touching... That woman with the issue of blood, she had a purpose. From the moment she heard about him, she had a purpose. She had a goal in mind. She was headed to the next sighting of Jesus. The next time she heard that he was right close to where she lived, I'm going to go. But I don't want to be seen. I don't want any attention. But I just, if I can just touch his garment, then I am going to be made whole. And the crazy thing that we love to point out, and it makes, makes me, I don't know. And his, in verse 31, and his disciples said unto him, thou seest the multitude, thronging you, kind of like going to Seward on the 4th. There are people everywhere. If you can walk down the sidewalk without touching somebody, you're really doing a good job. Because it, the, the, the crowd that was there And they look at Jesus and they say, who touched me? What do you mean who touched you? Everybody is touching you. (laughs) Everybody is touching everybody. Because you're the center of attention here. And we're all trying to walk, but it's... Anyway. I ad lib. And he looked around to see her that had done this thing. Did he have to wonder who did it? No, he didn't wonder who did it. He knew who touched him. But it made the disciples think, hmm, what was in her touch that was not in the touch of anyone else in this crowd. And if you look at Mark chapter 5, this miracle is in the middle of a miracle to happen. And they were on their way somewhere. Jesus had a task ahead of him. But he took the time to turn around and look at the woman in verse thirty-three. But the woman, fearing and trembling, now she 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 wanted no attention, and now she's afraid. Oh no! What did I do? fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. Now that's a very good thing for us all to do. If we think we can keep things from him, well, we're, we're, we're um, uh, uh, yeah, we're lying to ourselves. We're fooling ourselves if we think that he doesn't know what's going on in our lives. But in a circumstance, in a situation like this, when Jesus turns around and looks at us, we should just tell him all the truth. And you say, well, he knows. I know. He does. But he wants us to know and confess this. Or pour it all out, if confess is not the word that fits the situation. Pour it all out there. Lord, this is, this is it. This is what's going on. And I don't know what to do. But I know, since I have touched you, it's better. You're going to fix it, or you have fixed it. But that touch and that communication and relationship with him. And in verse 34, he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith, not the faith that you have now that we talked, Thy faith, the one that you had that made you purpose, that I'm just going to touch your garment and it's going to be better. Thy faith hath made thee whole, not just fixed up, not just put a Band-Aid on it, not just better for a day or two, but made whole. Whole. Reminds me of that 10th leper that came back. The other ones were healed. But that that wasn't necessarily a very good thing, to be healed of leprosy as compared to being made whole from leprosy. And if you don't know what leprosy does to a body, go do some research. It's gross. You, you, you know, parts of your extremities just kind of, I don't know, disappear, fall off, get damaged, you know, noses are not there anymore, and, you know, other, it, it, it's a mess. But that one that came back to worship was made whole. And this woman was made whole. And he told her to go in peace. And it made all of the difference in her life. And so, touching with purpose, she purposed in her heart that that's what she was going to do when she heard of him. I'm going to go to him. So, in the dictionary, purpose. The reason for which something exists or is done, made, or used, etc. It, it has a specific goal in mind. And then, if you, a uh, couple, if I remember correctly, one or two down from there. It says it's an intended or desired result and aim or goal. So what do we purpose in our lives? Well, God wants us to have purpose in every step of our life. He wants us to know what he has in store for us. He wants us to seek his face with purpose, to find out the purpose. And if we don't have the purpose that we feel like we need in our lives, then we need to reach out and touch him (laughs) until we have the purpose and we know what our purpose is. Do we know what our purpose here is at SPC? I hope we do. A lot more gets done when we know our purpose. We don't wander around in circles, kind of like the Israelites. Hmm. Well, I guess they did know their purpose. They just didn't want it. They were afraid of it. They said that we're as grasshoppers in our own eyes. Mm-hmm. Because as you get into them going into the promised land, the people of the land were scared to death of them. <laughs> so it was their own perception that kept them going in circles for 40 years. And all but two of them passing away. Joshua and Caleb. And you think, oh, we've heard these names. And, you know, Caleb was just mentioned just in the last two weeks, you know. and and But purpose. God wants us to have purpose in our lives. And scripturally, who purposed? Well, we have already talked about Daniel once already tonight. And in Daniel chapter 1 and verse 8. But Daniel purposed. I talk about rough circumstances. This is way before anything else happened. But this was scary enough. To be a captive in a foreign land a long ways from home. And it gets forced on you that you're going to eat this, drink that, do this, do that, or else you're out of here. And not just, you know, go somewhere else out of here. More than likely, it was out of here. You're done. Daniel must have been quite a bargainer. I'm not very good at bargaining, but I know a lot of people who are. But it came out of a purpose in his heart. Daniel loved God, and he only wanted to do what God wanted him to do, even though he was no longer at home and no longer living the life that he had seen his trajectory going to. Totally out of sync with anything that he had thought of. And he purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. I am going to do what I know is right no matter what. I'm not going to eat that. And how he handled that bargain, except for he said, said I don't, I, 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 I won't, I, I can't and I won't eat this. So just let me and my buds here have bread and water, vegetables. And let's see, after this test, who's in better shape. Because he purposed in his heart that I am still going to love my God and serve my God. And from this moment on, as a a young man, older teenager, potentially, I am just going to do what I know God wants me to do, no matter what. And so that request was granted. And they won the bet. They won the agreement. Now, there was a lot of purposing going on in a lot of other Old Testament characters, but I'm just going to move to the New Testament now. In Acts 11 and 23, it says, Who, when he came, had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart that they would cleave to the Lord. Now, doesn't that sound like something we should be doing? We need to purpose in our hearts that we are going to hang on to God. No matter what's going on, we got to hang on to God. And the only way we're ever going to finish this race is hanging on to God. Because we're the ones that let go, not God. God doesn't let go of us. He doesn't leave us or forsake us or any other scripture that can run through your mind that He, it's not Him. If there's any letting go, it's our letting go. And he doesn't want us to let go, but he wants us to cleave unto the Lord. And in Acts 19 and 21 and Acts 20 and verse 3, Paul was purposed in these two specific instances that he was going to go in a path that God was leading him in. That Paul purposed in the spirit in 19 and 21. It said he purposed in the spirit when he had passed through Macedonia and Acacia to go to Jerusalem. He knew that he needed to go to Jerusalem. And that's what he did. He purposed that he was going to go. And his spirit was purposed and after having been there or after i have been there i must also see rome so he is setting out a trajectory for his life that i am going to i'm going to pass through these areas i'm going to go to jerusalem and then in the end i'm going to rome and in chapter 20 and verse 3 and when the Jews laid wait for him as he was about to sail into Syria, he purposed to redu- return through Macedonia. So he's, he is, his life is being guided by his purpose with God. Not just our, our day-to-day, but our long-term goals. God wants to purpose in our long-time goals. He has a purpose for every part of our life. We're, we're all involved in, in the Bible reading, and we're, we're working our way through the Old Testament, and then one, isn't it one psalm right now, two or three chapters in the Old Testament, and one psalm if you're using the bread back there, or maybe your online program is doing that too. But we're, we're talking about... Israel and, and their, their path, and and um, I think we're just finished up, or finishing up, we're getting close to finishing up with Exodus, and, and there were some some goals, and they were on a path, and Paul was on a path, and they had an end goal in mind. They had been set free from Egypt 430 years. They had spent there and they were on their way to the promised land and they had a goal and you can get into all the reasons why and all and we yeah it they didn't get there as directly as they could have. but they had some things they needed to learn and God will give us goals but we may have things that we need to learn before we can get there. And that goal looks really awesome out there. But if God showed us all of the steps that were needed to get there, oh, I don't need that. I don't think that's so important anymore. Because... We don't want to do this, 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 that, and all of the other things that are on the journey. Because we have things that we need to learn. We have things that God wants to take out of our lives. Because we need to, well, what are, what are we on our way to doing? We're on our way to being like him. And, you know, when I first started this walk for him, uh, he could have taken me to heaven just right then. But, oh, the miraculous change that would have been needed in that twinkling would have been a lot bigger then than it is now. Not that it's not a big thing now. I have a lot that still needs to be taken away and carved off. Because how many of us are so close to being like him that it could be said of us just like it was of Enoch that, you know, hey, you're you're all the way here. Why don't you just come home with me today? I'm not that close to being that close to being like Jesus. I have a lot of things to change and i don't know about the rest of you but the more i read in this book the more i know i don't know yeah. and there are many of you here that that certainly put me to shame in knowing what you know memorization and all that oh that door closed a long time ago <laughs> I never was very good at it, but it, it closed a long time ago. I'm not any good at memorizing anymore. It takes a lot more effort than it used to. But God is with us every step of the journey when we purpose in our hearts that He that, that we want this. We want what God wants for us. And so talking about open doors. I don't believe God wants us to battering ram our way into every door we see. Because then how do we know that he opened the door? As a matter of fact, I'm wondering if we're even supposed to get involved in turning the handle. Because we can go up to a lot of doors. And, yeah, you could. (laughs) But if, where I think that when we have an open door in front of us, now it still does take some effort, but if the door is open, all you need to do is touch it. And it will swing open in front of you. And I believe that's what God wants in our lives when he is going to open these doors in front of us. We just need to touch them. And if we touch the doors as we are walking through life the open door will swing and we don't have to question it at all he makes it easy for us to know where we're supposed to go if we're listening if we're just touching just saying Lord is this it here let me see. Nope. Okay. I'll just walk on a little further. I'm just going to go down a little bit further, and and I'll touch another door. And Lord, let the door that is the right door open in front of me. And what kind of doors do we come up against? Well, we could come up against a door of, well, I don't want anybody to move away, but, you know, sometimes there are, are doors that, God does some relocation. I've done some relocation. Wasn't terribly far, long ago. I did some relocation. And Pastor Seagrave still, I think he shakes his head, said, hmm, I I don't, well, actually that plan would have happened this year, the original plan. Relocation c- could be a part of that door. Could could be the door. Maybe the door is that he has someone that he wants you to minister to. And, and, and that that door is is a question that someone asks you and and you just can't avoid answering it. Because God is opening a door. And we've been seeking the Lord for an open door. And God, don't let me pass anyone by that's hungry today. Let me be aware of that open door that he could put in front of us. Maybe it's a new, um, a new task or a new job in the house of God. Maybe it's new employment. Not very many of us are independently wealthy without, you know, having to put some effort into it. I know I'm not. I, I have to do the job five days a week. Sometimes a little bit on Saturday, sometimes a little bit on Sunday. Depends on what I still have to do that has to be done before Monday. But maybe there will be a day that God will have another employment for me to be a part of. Maybe there's a class downstairs that God wants you to minister in. Maybe there's some studying that God wants you to do in order that he can open a door of ministry down the road in your life. We don't know what that open door is, but can I venture to say in this message that the Lord gave me that this is not about barging into anything. This is about seeking an open door and just touching things as we go by them to see, God, what do you want me to do? And what is it? Today, Lord, help me to know what to do today that's following your will and tomorrow and, oh, next week and next month and and however far that goal would go out there. Lord, help me to keep myself on the path that's going to lead to this goal or this promise that you have given me. So no matter what it is in our lives that we need to have purpose in. Let us leave here tonight knowing that he just wants us to touch with purpose. To reach out and touch. Not overcommitted, just touch. If you're barreling into something, It's not easy to stop. And if it wasn't what you were supposed to do, (laughs) you are already committed. If you are barreling into it, and it's not what he wants, good luck stopping. And there may be consequences. Because... What you ended up in wasn't really what he wanted you to do. And it's not always easy easy to back out of it. And there usually are consequences of barging into things. So let's stand tonight and touch him. Him. Touch him with purpose. Whatever it is that he wants us to do, he's going to make a way. He's going to open the right door at the right time. And until we see that, now, yes, we have to live our lives every day But if we're being careful about what we're touching and the ways we may be going it's not going to be hard to turn when he says turn and oh stop right here and just just wait for a moment and then the door is open because he wants us to touch him and follow his leading and his guiding in every moment of our day. And if we can do that, then we're going we're to make it. We're going to make it to that ultimate door. And we're going to have a lot of great doors in between now and then. However long it is before that happens. God's in charge if you want to find a place to pray you're welcome to come up here you're welcome to pray in the seat where you're at but if you've been barreling through life ask him to help you slow down a little bit and this is all for me okay this this part right here slowing down a little bit and paying attention to the doors that God wants to open in my life Because I just get too busy. And I don't want to be too busy. I want to do what he wants me to do.